grace and peace to each and every one of you on this glorious Sunday morning. O mortal, can these bones live? Only the Lord God knows. O people, hope in the Lord. With the Lord there is steadfast love and great power to redeem. Let us pray for the people. Out of the depths we cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear our voices and be attentive to our prayers. We pray for those whose hope is lost, who feel dried up and cut off from you. By your grace, open their graves, bring them back to the land of the living. We pray for those who are oppressed, held captive by the power of death. Release them from their chains, unbind them, and let them go. We pray for those who weep, lost and lifeless in fear and regret. Grant them the peace of your presence. Show them what your love can do. We pray for those who are dying, the light of life fading from their eyes. Help them to believe in you so that you may live and never die. We thank you, O Lord, for having heard our prayers. Enable us to trust in you and thus to see your glory through Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. Amen. And before we hear the words of God today, let us pray. O Lord, we wait for you, and in your word we trust. By the power of your Spirit, set our hearts and minds on the source of life and peace, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The scripture this week comes from Ezekiel 37, verse 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and you will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews upon them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, 
prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. I often have very vivid dreams. The context generally seems to be directly related to what I had for supper the previous night. If I had raw green peppers, for instance, I know that I'll most likely be on a crazy adventure. Like the time the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and I went hunting for monsters. I bought a dream book once so that I could try to make sense out of what some of the nonsense my subconscious was creating. Sometimes it helped, and sometimes it just confused matters even more. Occasionally I feel that God comes to me in my dreams. Not necessarily to prophesy like with Ezekiel, but often to help me remember to have hope and to remember to whom I belong. Ezekiel was one of the major prophets during the Babylonian exile. As a reminder, the first deportations of the people out of Judah began in 597 BC. The full exile was enforced in 586 BC when Nebuchadnezzar II destroyed Jerusalem, including the temple. The exile lasted for about 70 years, with its official end coming with the dedication of the new temple in 516 BC. It was during that time that major prophets had some of their biggest moments. For instance, Jeremiah. Many of Ezekiel's prophecies came to him in his dreams. Throughout his book, we read his words, we read the words, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to me, and the hand of the Lord was upon me. As he was sleeping, at rest or in meditation, God would bring the message that Ezekiel needed to share with the people during the exile. The scene that Ezekiel finds himself in here is one of desolation and of death and of sadness. It is a place that is hopeless as he makes his way through the valley of dry bones. He understandably is preoccupied with the crisis at hand, with the destruction of the temple and the movement of the people. 
a question and theme that keeps coming up in that time was whether the promises of God were reliable. Throughout the book, Ezekiel acknowledges the plight of the people, and we read the complaints of the people, like the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. The way of the Lord is unfair. Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. But from the very first chapter all the way to his final declaration, Ezekiel reminds the people that God has by no means abandoned them, but rather has remained present the whole time. Not only is God with them, but God will see them through, back to their old home. God will see them restored in Jerusalem. Our bones are dried up, our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. This is just one of the many places throughout scripture that really resonate with us lately. Not only are we in the fifth week of Lent, where I read a meme this week that said, this is the lentiest Lent I have ever Lented, but it is also the third week that we have been cut off from gathering with one another for worship. The separation can seem hopeless. The isolation can seem overwhelming. In order to keep as many people safe as possible, we have been asked to sacrifice some very important gatherings. The emotion that goes along with our social distancing can be exhausting. The energy that comes, that's, excuse me, the energy that some of us are putting into understanding the new information we get every day leaves us tired and worn down. And it can be easy to allow ourselves to become hopeless. This is one of those moments in history when it can become difficult for some to understand that God is ever present in our lives. When we get hit again and again with news that threatens our way of life or news that shows a great amount of suffering in the world, it can be hard to remember that God is indeed with us through everything. There is more good news. Often in life, changing our mindset is a useful tool in getting through trying times. While there is uncertainty and anxiety surrounding our current situation, we have been given a gift. We can shift our thinking and take this time to really and truly listen to what God might be saying to us. This situation is forcing us to slow down. And thus we are given an opportunity not only to get to know ourselves better, but to know our God better. Lent is a time in which we either give up or take on something that will draw us closer to God. <clears throat> it has been interesting to me that as I got closer and closer to Ash Wednesday, 
I felt too busy to find something, to find a way to calm my mind and restore my spirit. I had pretty much decided that this year, I just didn't have the time to start a new discipline. I did not know at the time that the new virus that we were hearing about was going to turn into what it has become. Although I am busier in different ways now, being sheltered in place has freed up about 15 to 20 hours a week that I can connect with myself, that I can realize that I really do like and love my husband, and to hear what God may be telling me. In the midst of the chaos, God is with us. And so we should make sure that we are with God. Use this time to be restorative as best as you are able. Dreams, meditations, what we hear, what we read can all be ways that God is trying to get our attention. While we finally take the time to recognize to, excuse me, to organize our sock drawers and our closets, our thoughts can turn to God. Let the Spirit of God wash over you in these weeks. I do not know how long we will be apart. I know that it will last at least a couple of more weeks. Use this time for devotion, for discernment, Take time to breathe. Take time. Our spirits are dry like the bones in the valley of Ezekiel's dream. But just like God had Ezekiel command the bones to come back together and for breath to be breathed back into the bodies, we will eventually be back to life as we know it. Our spirits are dry, but our hope is in the Lord, and thus our exile will not last. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Quiet your minds, allow yourselves to dream. And in the future, if the future king of England asks you for your honed monster hunting skills, you best honor that request. And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.